Hallelujah. We are studying about the creation right now. We're, this is our study of the whole Bible, where we we'll study the creation, the fall, the promise, the redemption, and the renovation. Like I said, depending on my mood, I'll say different things, yes? But you understand these five things, yes? Yes? So, we're going to study today about our Father in heaven, the Creator God, who He is, what the Word of God is, and what is meant by separation or the creation and the separation of mankind. This is not very clear because we must understand it from the Word, yes? So, why I have to restate some of these things is because even things that we think we understand are not clearly understood by some people. That's why I tell you when we chat, don't add colloquialism or <clears throat> your expression because it might be misunderstood by someone. Speak plain English. Do you understand? For example, when Anu and my sister Preeti got saved, they came back after the retreat and they both said, Praise the Lord. My brother thought it was an order, it was a command. Praise the Lord. He said, No, I won't praise him. Who are you to command me on this? Do you understand? I was like, I mean, I was a Muslim at that time. I didn't know what he was talking about, but he took it as a command. We, now we take it as a greeting. Do you understand? But in the Bible, it means something else, yes? But when they told me, praise the Lord, I said, that's fine. But who is Lord? Who, to whom should I express this admiration? Who is this all for? Who is Lord? Who do you consider Lord? So it meant different things for different people. Do you understand? So we must know what the Bible says. In Genesis 1, 1, it says, well, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. Yes? So we need to know who God is, what heavens are, what the earth is. Yes? We have been explaining that. Yes? Let's go to Matthew 6, 19. Or oh, 6, 9. Matthew 6, 9. So, are you all in the new covenant? Yes, you sure about this? Yes? So, can you read that, Samuel? In this manner, therefore, pray, a Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's fine. So, God is no longer God. He's our Father in heaven. But we say God to identify who we're talking about. Like, for example, when my mom asked me where I got our first keyboard from, because it was an expensive keyboard, I said, my father is very rich. My father technically is her husband, yes? <laughs> and so she said, the only thing she could say, <laughs> So I had to explain that to her, to, to understand. But she understood what I meant, yes? But here, our Father in Heaven is our Creator, God. We call Him 
our father because there is a relationship with him. You can't call a stranger father, yes? Do you understand? You try that, they'll slap you sideways, yeah? Do you understand, yes? So, this is a relationship. He's our father in heaven. That is number one, yes? The creator, God in the Old Testament, reveals himself to the Jews. Do you understand? Not as a father, but he revealed his attributes. Go to Matthew, I mean, Exodus 17, 14 to 16. I'll just give you one example. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have a war with Amalek from generation to generation. Yes. So in verse 15 it says, The Lord is my banner. Yes? In your Bible, it's marked separately, no? So that is Jehovah Nisi. That is a role, Lord revealing an attribute of himself. Yes, go to Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yes, so there is Adonai Rohi or Roy. That is the Lord my shepherd. Is is added by three translators to help us understand it better. Do you understand? So, that's a revelation of his character. Do you understand? Though we use the word Lord, God, or other variations of this, he has a name. Go to Exodus 6, 2-3. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. Yes, in your Bible it says the Lord, yes? But... In Hebrew, it says, the name of God. I explain what that is. Some people say it's Jehovah, some people say Yahweh. But if you read the ASV, or I don't know if it's there in the King James, ASV says, I am Jehovah in, chapter, in verse 2. By my name, Jehovah, I was not, not known to them. Do you understand? By my name, he was known to them. So he was part of a Elohim class. Yes. But he had a name. And that was Jehovah or Yahuwah. Yes. Are, are you clear? Go, go to Isaiah 42 verse 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another. Nor my praises to carve image. Yes. Where it says Lord, I am the Lord, is the L-O-R-D capitalized? So that means there is something referring back, you need to know, that is the name of the Lord. It is Yehovah or Jehovah. Do you understand? I am Jehovah. That is my name. Do you understand? So you can say you have a pastor, people understand. But people ask, what is, your, what is his name? You can't say, hell, he's human. 
Dude, do you understand? Even though that is true, but you have to say the name to identify that particular character. So that is, I am the Lord. Yes. So the Lord is Y H W H. I explained last uh, last week. It is tetragrammatron. Um, some people say Yahweh. Some people say Yahowah. Some people say Yahweh or Jehovah. Whatever. Yes. But we call him our father in heaven because of the new covenant. So he, we must understand he is an Elohim class of being. Yes? Go to John 4.24. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him, worship in spirit and truth. Yes. So God is what? Spirit. Yes? Now, here's the problem that I find with using the term God. Because you can have a God and not be a Christian. You can call anything God. But our God has a name. Is, is it clear? Yes? So, for example, our Father in heaven is not Allah. Some people say Allah is God, yes? And they some translations even of the Bible, instead of God, they use the word Allah. But Allah is a specific character. And He is not our Father in heaven. Do you understand? Allah, though He is Elohim class, is not our creator. I don't know about you, but I have not been created by him, by Allah. Yeah? Allah is not our God, yes? There must be a clear difference. That's why he said his name is Jehovah, not Allah. Yes? Do you understand? Allah is, as far as I'm concerned, a created thing. And created things are not our God. Am I clear on this? Yes? That is why you must know the name. Instead of a generic title. Do you understand? Yes? Be very clear about this. Can you go to Psalm 8, 1 to 5? Oh Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who said? You have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. You have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens and the work, and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful, mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. Yes, I made you read that so that you understand when it says, O Lord our God. It says Lord in capital letters. It's talking about a specific creator who created all things, even the angels. And he has created man below the Elohim class. That's why man is created lower than the angels. Is, is, is it clear? There's nothing spooky in the Bible. Can you read Amos 5.8? Oh Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who set your glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger
Danny. Yeah. He made the Pleiades and Orion. He turns the shadow of death into morning hmm. and makes the day dark as night. He calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. Yeah. The Lord is his name. He says the Lord is his name, yes? So this is the creator of all that, yes? But in the ASV, for example, it says, Jehovah is his name. So it's very clear. Who made whom? Do, do, do you understand? Yes? It's, it's no, instead of saying Lord and God and it being generic, even when you read the Bible, Lord, God, if it doesn't make any difference to you, it doesn't make any difference to you. But there's a specific name. His name is Jehovah, yes? In the New Testament, God has given himself a new name. Yes? Abigail, are you going to read? Yes. Then can you read Hebrews 1, 1 to 4? To God who, who at various times and in different ways spoke any time past to the fathers by the prophets. Yes. That's the worst one. You have to read till verse 4. Has in these last <coughs> to us by the Son, whom he has appointed her of all things to whom also he made the worlds, who became the brightness of his glory, and as first image of his person and according all the old things by the word of his power when he had himself put our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on her, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Yes. So, it starts off with God, yes? <clears throat> We identified God as our Father in heaven, yes? At various times he has spoken to the prophets, yes? But now he has spoken through his Son, yes? Yes? And he's appointed that Son to be heir of all things, through whom he also made all the, all the worlds. Right? This Son died and rose again, no? Now he's better than the angels, Yes? We'll go into that later, yes. But he says, as he has in, by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, who? The Son, yes? Than the angels, yes? Can you go to Philippians 2.9? Therefore God also has, ha, also has highly e exalted 
him and given him the name which is above every name. Yes. So who is this talking about? Jesus. Yes. So in the new covenant we know God as Jesus. God became man and that flesh we call Jesus. Yes. Am I clear? Now we say that he is the word of God. Yes. Is that right? Yes. But what is the word of God? Is it my translation? Or is it your translation? Or is it in my language? We must be very clear about this. Otherwise, we'll get into trouble. Yes? The other day, Anu gave me soup. I want to drink it. I don't want to be in that soup. Yes? But if I don't know the word of God, I'll be in that soup. It's a joke. You can laugh, yes? Do you understand? It's very serious, yeah? So you be kind to your pastor, you should say, yeah? <laughs> Do you understand, yeah? Can you read John 1, 1 to 3? The problem we have is that we're afraid to ask tough questions. We're afraid to scrutinize the word of God. We think we ought to defend God. God is very capable of defending himself. He created us. Who are we to think that we can defend him? It doesn't make any difference what we do in that way to him. His plans will look will be accomplished. Do you understand? So you, whatever questions you have, you must ask them and clear them out. If you harbor doubts, guess what? Devil is full of doubts. Even doubts himself. So much so that he went to the word of God and tempted him with the word of God. Ah, that's a weird thing, yeah? No wonder he's retarded, yes? Do you understand? Don't be like the devil. Clear up your doubts. Ask tough questions. Ask what you don't understand. Read one, John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Yes, so, so in the beginning... The word was God. Yes? This is talking about Jesus. Uh, Jake, can you read verse 14 also? In John 1, verse 14. And, and the word came, came flesh and went among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten. Yes, the word became flesh. Who, who is this? Jesus. Jesus. Do you understand? In the beginning, there was God. And the word was God. Do you understand? I'm not going to go into this further, but you understand, yes? And that word of God is Jesus, yes? Go to Revelation 19.13. So his name is called the Word of God. That's one of the names of Jesus. In that chapter itself, there are a lot of multitude of names of Jesus. 
But here, the word became flesh, yes? And we call him Jesus. And he's being given the name above all names, yes? Am I clear on this, yes? Are you, yes? Now, read Hebrews 4, 12 to 13. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing into the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Yes, so this is self-explanatory. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a to which sword piercing even to the division of solo of soul and spirit joints and marrow yes and a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart in like i said in everything where there is confusion drop jesus right in the middle and it'll clear it'll polarize itself do you understand so the word of god is living and powerful yes it's talking about jesus and we must give account, yes? Because everything is naked and open, yeah? according to the Bible, yes? Can you read 2 Timothy 2.15? Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Yes. So this is talking about the word of God, knowing the word of God, and you being diligent to know the word of God. Not only that, you must rightly divide the word of God, yes? The word of truth, yes? Huh? But what is the word of God? Like I said, is it your Bible? Or is it my Bible? Or is somebody else's Bible? Can you read Luke 10, 1? I'll give you an example. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and send them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Yes. So the after these things, the Lord appointed how many? 70. 70, yes. In your Bible it says 70, yes. In the ASV it says 70, yes. The American Standard Version. In the King James Version it, take, it also says 70, yes. But in the New Living Translation, it says, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples. So is it 70 or 72? In the New International Version, it says, the Lord, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two. In the ESV, it says, same words, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others. So, which is correct? Was it 72 or was it 70? Do you understand? Now, do these 70 or 72 include the disciples that Jesus chose? No. No, it doesn't. Do you understand? 72 or 70 others, yes? So that is discerned from the word of God. But 
in this we must know the heart of god i'm not going to go into this now but i want you to be aware of this there is a translation of the original hebrew or greek and there's an interpretation of the original hebrew or greek yes what do i mean by that a translation can be word for word do you understand if if the original greek said it is a beautiful day you would translate it is a beautiful day do you understand thought for thought is the other way of translating what do you mean by saying it's a beautiful day what do you intend to portray by that convey by that yes so you have dynamic equivalence that is a sense for sense translation that is phrases or whole sentence are translated what do you mean with readability in mind i'm not talking about 70 versus 72 that is an that is a completely different yes but do you understand yeah formal equivalence is a word for word translation so where does your bible fit in do you understand and where whether it fits in here or here what did god really say what did he really mean or intend to mean that's why we must know the plan of god Do you understand? Otherwise, the devil who knows the word better than you and me, put together, will tempt you with what's in your heart. Do you understand? That should give you an idea why and with what he tempted Jesus. Do you understand? Basically, I'll just go into that a little bit. He was trying to get Jesus to take a shortcut. Worship me and you'll have all this. You don't have to go to the cross. Instead of Jesus taking that cross, a short shortcut. All the Christians now take that shortcut. Yeah, nonsense. But do you understand what I mean? Yes. So you must understand what God really meant. See, problem is that meanings change. When I first came back. from the US or yeah i in the early 80s i could say what i used to greet some some people and say what's up immediately they look up i thought it was strange that they would do that and later much later what some people were complaining that nurses from kerala when they went to the western culture were doing the same thing the doctors would say what's up and they would look up <laughs> and they said what must be done i said pray <laughs> do you understand but you and i now understand what's up is a way of asking how are you doing is that clear yes so it must be conveyed in that way yes so if i say what's up and i type it out on whatsapp and somebody looks up 
I know that I'm not being understood. Yes? Is that clear? Yes? Like, even good morning, you're assuming that morning is good for that person also. Yes? Some people say that they're not a morning person. Like my wife here, who's yawning now. Not because I'm preaching, yes? Do, do you understand, yes? So, sometimes you don't properly understand the meanings because of the lack of education in that language. We all think we know English because we speak English. But how well do we know Elizabethan English? Or the King James English? I've learned a little bit because I studied um, like uh, Shakespeare in high school. But that doesn't qualify me to know King James Version. Do you understand? That's why I don't use that, but I refer to that. I keep that. I have that. Yes, I'll give you an example. Go to one, whose turn is it read? Uh, go to uh, 1 Samuel 4 9. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. Yes. So this is, which version is this? You're reading from the New King James Version, yes? It says, be strong and conduct yourself like men, yes? That is in the King James Version, yes? Uh, New King James Version. In the KJV, you know what it says? Be strong and quit yourself like men. That means what? Be strong and quit. That sounds good to me, yes? And yourself like men, O Philistines. Then quit means what? Nowadays means what? To give up, yes? But it says here, conduct yourself. That means proceed forward. Proceed forward is not the same as giving up, yes? That's why you must know the language. When people are using the King James Version of the Bible, I ask them, do you know what you're getting into? It's not the thousand, those, and all these things. But you must know the archaic language. For example, Jesus said, suffer these kids or these children to come, yeah? Jesus was not talking about these kids suffering what is suffrage is allowance. Do you understand? When when Jesus said suffer those kids to come, he means allow those kids to come, to children to come. Do you understand? You must understand the language. Otherwise, it makes no sense to you. Because King James was not meant for the high and mighty people. It was supposed to be the local language, but at that time. But nowadays, just like this example shows, we misunderstand certain things because quit doesn't mean what it meant. Tuesday, it says be strong and quit. First time I read that, I'm like, what? Be strong and quit to yourself like men. I'm like men don't real men don't quit. Do you understand? But in the New King James it says be strong and conduct yourself like men. I'm not saying New King James version is correct all the time, but I'm saying about the language, it being archaic. And you, you must understand that to make sense out of it. 
Do you understand? So whether it's 70 or 72, we'll find out about that later. Do you understand? My question is, how does it affect your salvation? How does it affect the salvation of the lost right now? Yeah, that's what we're concerned with. concerning us because it all comes back to a relationship you have with God now a relationship is not enough you must have understanding also i know a person who had a great relationship with God yes but he didn't understand the english language not very well i think i've shared this old joke with you he used to end his preaching by saying God bless you and forsake you. So, first time I heard it, I'm like, did he just say what I think he said? And the keyboard player said, yes, he said that. So, I waited for the next session. He said the same thing. God bless you and forsake you. And all the people looked puzzled. So, I called him. I said, come here. You know what forsake means? So, I explained to him. I said, I didn't mean that. I said, I know you didn't mean that. And once he understood that, do you understand? You use the right term, yeah? Do you, do you understand? So, you need to not only have the relationship, but you need to know the Word of God. Am, am I clear on what I'm saying, yes? Yes? So that, that's why 2, 2 Peter 1, 20-21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Yes. In the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit spoke to those people, do you understand? They spoke to us. In the New Testament, we are all filled with the Holy Spirit. And therefore, when we hear from God, Yes, we speak, but make sure that they understand. But when we are talking about the Word of God, you must understand what it says, what the plan of God is. Do you understand? That is why I'm taking it this way, this route. So you understand the heart of God, not only that, you understand the Word of God. Am I clear? You can argue about everything until... The cows come home, as I say. Do you understand? But you must know the heart of God. Do you, then there is no argument about this. Yeah, we'll continue. But do you understand what I'm saying? Yes? Yes? So, we are talking about the Word of God. Yes? Before that, we were talking about the Creator God. He has a name. Now, we now I want to address the creation and separation of mankind. So when you say separation, to many people, it means many things. To a Pentecostal, it means wearing no gold. But to a Christian, it means being separated from the world. But what do I mean by this? And what does the Bible mean by this? You, you, you must understand this, yes? Yes. So go to, go to Genesis 1.26. We will talk about the creation. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our like, la- likeness. 
let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the earth, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Yeah, birds of the air, and over all the cattle, and over, yes, but basically, let us make man in our image. This is a creation, yes? Yes, the creation of mankind, yes? What is a separation? It says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. All that, yes? Yes? So, go to Genesis 2. Verse 22 to 23. And the, rib for, and the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, bones and flesh of my flesh. Yes. She called woman because she was taken out of man. Yes. So, when God created mankind, he created, created the male and female. Read Genesis 1 and 2. Yes. And there was a separation that was made that we know about in Genesis 2, 22-23. That is when a woman was brought forth from a man using what? The rib of a man. But who made? God made. Is, it, is that clear? That is a cre there's a creation, there's a separation. Am I clear? I spoke about this earlier, about all this, yes, but not in terms of creation and separation. But go back to the old teachings. Yeah? So, now, there are some things that are there for us to learn and understand, to know and realize. It is not for God to know and realize or to understand. All things in the Old Testament are for our learning. For example, how do we know what God thought? Unless God reveals that to us. Do you understand? I'll give you an example. Go to Genesis 2, 18 to 20. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Country. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the earth, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. Now did not God know all this before? When I first read this as a child, I thought, okay, Adam try, this is God trying all this, and finally, there was nothing God could find. But that's not the way it is. God knew all this. This is for man to know. There was no help 
comparable other than a woman. That's why when a woman was created, what did Adam say? Ah! Do you understand? Whereas, like my wife would say, Wow! <laughs> no, when she looks at me, she says that, Wow! <laughs> Before we got married, she said, Wow! and went straight to the hospital. <laughs> but do you understand, yes? This is not for... God to understand certain things. It's for man to understand. Keep that in mind when you read your Bible. God is a creator and with that creation which he created has to realize and that is why certain things you need conviction for. It's not necessary it's not just enough that I have conviction you need to have faith is that clear do you understand bestiality for example is wrong so there is not a help comparable according to God yes am I right yes so he created the woman which was already created he just separated that. Am I clear? This is what I mean by separation, yes? Yes? Go to Genesis 2 8. Abigail, yes. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put a man. He put the man, yes? The man whom he had formed. Yes. Can you read 2.15 also? Yes, so this is verse 15, yes? And what I'm trying to say is God gave a ma the man a work, a tool to expand the garden, to tend and to keep it. And for that, he made, his, he made this man aware of the fact that there's nothing comparable to a woman. She's a helper. Do, do, do you understand what I mean? Yes? Bible is not spooky. You must, you must be very clear about what you're reading. And if you have doubts, clear them out. Do you understand? Like I said, God is not afraid of your doubts. And you're not doing this, you know, to stump me. I don't have all the answers. When I don't know something, I go to God with them. And he gives me the answer. Did you understand? Yes? So, now, all this happened before God rested. On the sixth day, God did all of this. We need to understand. See, first is the transcription of what has happened. Then, that is, that there's a description of what happened specifically on a particular day. Do you understand? So you have like um, 
in painting you have something called painting a detail you t- you have the whole painting but you paint only a little bit of that and you take that and you paint that so this is a detail of that that is what genesis 2 is about most genesis 2 can you read genesis 2 One to three. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended His work, which He had done. And He rested on the seventh day from all His work, which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it He rested from all. his work which god had created and made yes so what did he do rest to understand all that happened happened before he rested it's not like uh, he came out of the rest and he said oh i made a mistake in this it's not good for man to be alone <sighs> let's see if this coconut tree is good for that man no it's not good to understand it's not it's not how it happened you you clear on this yes so the the structure of the word of god is not linear don't take it to be linear when it's not there are cases where it's linear but in this case it's not linear it's more poetic but we're getting into things we should not get into right now yes but in christ we are a new creation who starts to read can you read 2 corinthians 5:17 therefore if anyone in the christ is anyone is in christ he is a new creation old things had passed away behold all things become new yes so if you are in christ you are a new creation keep this in mind remember there was a creation there was a separation now in christ you are a new creation can you read galatians 3:26 to 29 for you are all sons of god through faith in christ jesus first many of you as you were baptized into christ have put on christ there's neither jew nor greek there's neither slave nor free <coughs> That's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Yes, there is neither male nor female. But as far as I know, I am male and she is female, yes? Therefore we are married. in the what flesh but we are spirit soul and body am i clear so you are new new creation in the spirit and in that new creation there's neither male nor female where in the spirit in the elohim class That's why Jesus said what he did. Can you go to Luke 20, 33 to 36? Therefore, in the resurrection, 
Whose wife does she become? For all Saran had her as wife. Continue. Jesus answered and said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are counted worthy to attain to that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, nor can they die anymore. For they are equal to the angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. Yes. Those who are counted worthy to uh, to attain that age. Yeah? So this age means what? He's talking about the resurrection, yes? So you change from your class of being carbon to energy. You, from your body, that is natural, to Elohim class. I'm trying to make you understand this better. In Elohim, when you are Elohim class, you neither marry or are given marriage because there is no death also, yes? Do you understand? Because you are already resurrected from the dead. Death entered through sin. I'm not going to go into that. But you understand. Therefore you are a new creation in your spirit. Yes? Remember, there is creation, there is separation, and then there is another. Uh, let me explain. So, two become one, yes? In marriage. Is that in the flesh or in the spirit? Flesh. You're right, in the flesh. That, but that one become two. In the spirit or body? Or, or, or in the flesh? Spirit. Because irrespective of whether I am a pastor and she's the pastor's wife, I will be accountable for my own salvation. Do you, do you understand? So it doesn't matter, I can, or she can say, or I can say, oh, we are married, therefore we are born. No. Do you understand? If I am bound to hell, she doesn't come with me, if she's in, her name is in the book of Christ. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm making it in a language uh, that you understand. Am I clear? Yes? So, man and woman were created separately. But when they were first created, they were in one body. Then that one body got separated, but reunited in what God calls a marriage. That's why marriage is so sacred. Am I clear? Yes? Yes. So, all this... <coughs> We can have only if we have faith. Do you understand? Can you read uh, Galatians 3, 22-25? But the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Yes. So, in other words, can you look up at me? 
the law can be the standard of God, which obviously we cannot fulfill. Jesus fulfilled that. By faith in Christ, Jesus, we have access to the standard maker. Does not mean the standard is thrown away. It just means that when we fall, we get up because we know the standard. And when we fall, there's something known as grace to get up. Whereas in the law, if you fall, you're punished because you broke the law. Do you understand? In the new covenant, you have something called grace, but it's not a license to sin. Am I clear in what I'm saying? Yes? So we get back. But we are already, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Am I clear? 2 Corinthians 5.21. Can you read that? 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him whom he was sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Yes. So sin separates us from God. Our Father, who is the Creator, Jesus took, takes away this thing called sin, reconciles us to our Father, therefore we can call Him our Father. Do you understand? Our sin is upon Him, and whereby He became a substitution. He fulfilled all the standard, perfect standard of God, and by faith in Him, in Christ we have access to the Father. Am I clear? Yes? The standard is still there, but we got perfect that which concerns us. Don't throw away the standard saying there is no standard now because of grace. No. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes? So this is what I want you to us to understand today. Yes. There is our Father in Heaven who is the Creator of God. There is the Word of God which we must know what it says, really says. Do you understand? And there is separation of man, the creation separation and the reunification you could say. Do you understand? Yes. All that has to be understood in the proper context. That's why we have creation and the fall of man, the promise of redemption, the actual redemption, which is Jesus Christ, and the restoration of all things, or the renovation. So it's simple enough for us to understand. And if you want to study more, we can study more. Is that clear? Yes? Let's pray. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you were blessed with our Sunday sermon from the Cochin Lampstand. See you next week. God bless you.